You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Come on. And there's a bit of an incentive, and uh, Amy will share that a little bit later on. But, uh, morena, no mai kite. Welcome to the house of prayer. Welcome to God's house this morning. Uh, this morning we're going to close off our series, uh, A Little Bit of Wisdom. How many people have got a little bit of wisdom out of Proverbs over the last few weeks? Uh, for those that are, are joining us today, we've been focused in the book of Proverbs specifically around wisdom. But there's actually five different wisdom books that are recognized within the Bible. You've got Job, you've got Psalms, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, and Proverbs. And we've been in the book of Proverbs and learning some wisdom. And as I've, I've said, you know, I, I need a lot of wisdom, not just a little bit. I don't know about you, but I, I'm going for the extra measure of wisdom. The wisdom of God is better than the wisdom of man. And uh, we can go to the Bible and find that wisdom that we need for every season we find ourselves in. Last week we talked about money, making sense of money, and uh, it was great to have some conversations on the way out, um, some people saying that they were in the process of downsizing their debt, uh, you know, going into this next season uh, so that they can be fully um, just, just living their lives for the kingdom of God. Even someone today said they were just about to take a loan out in order to, to, to try and get ahead, and after the message they went, you know what, I'm just going to put that money aside as savings. I'm not going to take it as a loan. And I think a good, wise decision was made there. So this morning, we're going to conclude our series looking at seasons. How many people love the seasons of life? Right, let me do a quick quiz, quick quiz, quick quiz. How many people love spring as their favorite season? Spring, right, we've got some spring favorites. How many people love summer as their favorite? Yeah, that's why we live in the north, right? How about winter? How many people love winter? Okay, all right, there we go, all right. How many people love that other place, autumn, autumn? How many people love autumn? There you go. We've got a nice smattering. I think we had a lot of summer people in the first series, in the first service. But every 13 weeks, if my calculations are correct, a new season rolls on in the natural. We move from one season to the other. Whether we like it or not, it's coming. And these seasons, we kind of, we, we prepare for them and we're ready and the next season comes. But in life, I don't know about you, but sometimes the season doesn't have a start and an end date that's obvious to us. We, go, we find ourselves in a winter season in our relationship where it's kind of plowing of the ground and it's, and, and it's difficult and it's hard. Or, or maybe there's a season where we're waiting to meet the one who is the one for us. Or maybe we're longing for something that hasn't yet arrived and it's a season that feels long and it feels unbearable at times. But I want to suggest that we can find wisdom for each season we find ourselves in. That actually, in every season, there is a blessing that can be found. Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1, For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. And I want to introduce today a a character that we haven't met yet in the book of Proverbs. We've mentioned him a couple of times, but this is a character that uh, even the name itself is just awesome, the sluggard, the sluggard. Have you met the sluggard before? Have you experienced maybe some of the sluggard's behavior? Uh, Let let me open this morning with, with a proverb that can introduce our new friend, the sluggard. Sluggards do not plow in season. So at harvest time, they look but they find nothing. 
the slugger doesn't really have a great reputation. Let's, let's pray this morning. Father, thank you for your wisdom. You say that if we're lacking wisdom, that we can ask and that you will give us this wisdom. But there's a catch because you say, don't doubt the wisdom that I give you. And God, I pray that the wisdom for each person, Lord, there is, a, there is wisdom for everyone here under the sound of my voice today. And I pray that for every situation, every season they find themselves in, that your wisdom, God, not mine, but your wisdom would, would, would impact them today, that they would apply this wisdom, that you would speak to us about where we find ourselves, that we could declare that this is a beautiful season that you are moving in our lives. Amen. In this proverb, we meet the sluggard. Another version of this is the, the lazy bones. The, what is it? The slacker, I think, is another one. Or the lazy man. Notice it's not the lazy woman. Just an observation. I'm not, not, not trying to pull anything theologically out of that, but it's, it's the, the lazy man. I don't know about you, but I tried to procrastinate the other day, but just didn't quite get round to it. Come on, I appreciate it. I'll be here all morning. Thank you. <laughs> the sluggard. Come on, the sluggard makes excuses. The sluggard says it's because of winter, because of winter, because of the cold. There's always an excuse. It's never easy. But actually, we need to make peace with pain. It's like, oh, I don't like pain. None of us like pain. But actually, sometimes there's growth in the pain. Uh, the sluggard won't do what the season requires. Won't plow in winter. Won't sow in spring. Won't tend in summer. Won't harvest in autumn. They won't do the work that's required in any season. The sluggard also believes that others are responsible for their happiness or their success. He will beg, it says. He will beg. So come, come harvest time, it's like, oh, great. I'm glad to see that things are going well for you. Now give me some of it. I haven't done any work to deserve it, but give me some of it. Come on, I don't think we've got, we, we don't have any sluggers in this place, do we? Come on, a couple of husbands, we've got some chores that we know we're supposed to be doing around the house. All right, I'll put my hand up for that one. But come on, we don't want to be people who are sluggards. We want to be wise we want to understand and embrace every season. See, if we, if we are a sluggard, it affects every area of our life. For example, in the direction that God is taking us. Proverbs fifteen nineteen: the way of the sluggard is like a hedge of thorns, but the way of the righteous is plain. Come on, gentlemen, come on. We, we've, we've gone trying to find the, the quickest path from the top of the road down to the beach before, haven't we? We thought it was going to be a shortcut three hours later, gorse bushes and cutty grass, we realized that wasn't the right path to take. But we do it anyway. What about in our work? Proverbs ten twenty six: as vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes. Okay, just imagine, just think of those things. Vinegar to your teeth, smoke to your eyes. Come on, you've had that barbecue that's got out of control and you're blinded by the smoke. Now, that feeling is what it feels like when the sluggard is sent to somebody to do a job. It's like, ah, my eyes, my eyes. Why are you here? Come on, we don't want to be that sluggard that people go, please don't send them my way to do a job. What about taking opportunities? That opportunity that presents itself. This is what the sluggard says in Proverbs 22, 13. The sluggard says, there is a lion outside. I will be killed in the streets. Stay home and watch Netflix. I don't think that last part's in there. But 
the sluggard is fearful, draws back, steps back rather than saying, you know what? Yes, it's dangerous out there. Yes, it may come at a cost, but I'll step anyway. The sluggard isn't sure on what to do. What about our financial success? The sluggard doesn't see a lot of financial success, and here's why. I went by the field of the sluggard and by the vineyard of the man without understanding, and it was all grown over with thorns. You know, the sluggard has opportunity, has a place, has a field, has, has an opportunity to see growth and see fruitfulness, and yet the sluggard doesn't tend to what he or she already has. Doesn't maintain, in fact, it goes backwards. Now, I'm not suggesting anyone here is a sluggard, but if we look in the mirror, do we see a little bit of the sluggard's behavior just every now and then? So how do we make sure we don't just survive, but actually thrive in every season we find ourselves in? Because there's some seasons I haven't liked at all. Like in the natural, I just didn't like going through it at all. But somewhere in my journey with God and my relationship with Him, I've learned to actually take something from every season and actually embrace the season. And we're going to walk through these things, three things this morning to, to, to fully make the most of every season. The first one is we've got to recognize the season. And it might seem really obvious, but sometimes we can be so frustrated because we haven't recognized the season we're in. We might be trying to sow seed when actually it's wintertime and we're supposed to be plowing the ground. We might be trying to get a harvest, but there's no harvest because it's not that season yet. We've got to recognize the season we are in. Last week we learned about the ant, Proverbs 6, 6 to 7. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler. Yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. In your life, can you recognize the season you're in? An ant recognizes the season. It's like it's summertime. We've got to store up food because there's going to be a moment where food is not available. You might be flush with cash right now. I hope you are. But don't just spend it all. Because it might be there's a season coming where you need to invest it into something else. Even in our relationships, everything might be going great. But are we still sowing? Are we still investing into that relationship, making sure that, that we don't take it out of credit? We've got to recognize the season we're in. Uh, Solomon, is, is he, he, Ecclesiastes was, I think the word is the, the musing, the musing of the prophet. And, and he, was, he was musing, he was thinking about life. And it got pretty dark. It got pretty dark when he was describing what it actually feels like. What is the purpose of life? And he makes this declaration, everything's meaningless. Like they're chasing after the, the, the smoke and it's like, can't grasp it in my hands. But this is what Solomon said, for everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to harvest. I, I love summer. I, I love the long nights. I love, I love being out at the beach. I love being out in the backyard. Amy loves winter. We, we, we like different seasons, but we've got to recognize the season we're in and do the right things in the right season. I know there's some work in my garden that needs to be done if I want to enjoy some fruit and veggies in the next season. And that's, that's coming up. I've got to do that soon. But sluggard doesn't recognize the season they're in. They realize there's something, they should realize that there's something they can do right now. So let me ask you, in your work, 
What season are you in? Can you recognize the season you're in right now? Are you plowing in winter? Are you doing the hard work because that's what you need to do now? You, you don't want to turn up, but you've got to turn up. Faithfulness is actually what needs to take place right now, just faithfully turning up, giving that little bit extra, even though you feel like giving a little less, but actually saying, you know, I will turn up. I'm going to be there a little earlier. I'm going to leave a little later, and I'm going to invest myself into this. In this season right now, I'm going to give everything. In our relationship with our spouse, can we recognize the season we're in? Maybe it's a time of sowing. Maybe it's actually you've gone through a, a, a really barren season in your relationship. God's saying it's time to sow again. It's time to actually invest. It's time to actually spend some time and maybe even some resource on a dinner out or, or some time away. Actually invest into your relationship. What about your relationship with your children? Come on, parents with teenagers. You're pulling your hair out, going, they're not listening to me. Yes, they are. Try, try to, <laughs> trying to flap their wings, trying to become independent. But actually, they're saying, show me my boundaries. Show me my safe place. Show, show me where I can come back to. Can, can I suggest to every parent, and we're not, we're not there yet. We've got a 12-year-old. We're about to step into it. And I can't wait for the teenage years. I don't dread it. I'm not... I'm not afraid of it. I'm excited about the teenage years coming up. They're going to find, trying to work out how, how life works for them. But I want them to know that home is the safest place they can be. That there will always be a meal on the table, bed to sleep in, for a little while anyway, then they've got to find another bed. But, you know... I want them to know that this is the safe place to be. And, and if that's all you can provide in the season, and they know without a shadow of, a, of doubt that it's safe to come home, and it's the best place, even when they've made that biggest mistake, even when they've completely messed up all the dreams you have for them, and they've messed it all up, home is where they've got to come home. It's got to be the safe place that they can come back, open arms, love them, walk with them through the journey, but we've got to recognize the season we're in. Second piece of wisdom to the wise, we have to, once we've recognized it, we've got to embrace the season we're in. I'm like, oh yeah, I recognize, I just don't like the season. No, no, we have to embrace the season we are in. In this moment in your relationship, you may find yourself planting or pruning. A lot of hard work. You go, oh, this just doesn't even feel like fun right now. Yeah, not everything's supposed to be fun, right? There are some tough things in life. But we're in, when we're in the middle of our season, you know, the problem is we're looking into the season we wish we were in. So here we are in this season, and we're hoping and wishing we could be in another season. And a guaranteed way to stay continually frustrated is to wish we were in another season. Saying, I don't like being here, I'd rather be there. Trouble is we don't always get to choose when one season ends and when the next one begins. In our journey to have children, for some of you may have heard our story, we took a number of years. We're children's pastors working with kids. We had 300 kids to look after on a Sunday, and every, every Sunday I'd come home and I'd find Amy curled up on the bed, bawling her eyes out, because her desperate desire was to have a family of her own. So it was mine. It was tough. It was really hard, really hard. And we didn't know whether we could. It was kind of this unexplained infertility. Couldn't work it out. There wasn't, there wasn't any obvious reason. 
I remember at a point in, in our journey of this difficult season, I said, well, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Because it, it, it hurts right now. So we actually said, you know, we're going to embrace the season. I actually began preaching about it. And she said, you know what? We're, we're, we're in the middle of waiting for our miracle to come. And we didn't even know. We didn't even know if it would happen. But we said, you know what? We're going to embrace this season we're in right now. But what makes the situation even worse is while we're wishing we were in another season, we look over the fence and go, oh, look at that season they're in. Thank you, Facebook. Yeah. And we look at somebody else's success or highlights reel. Let's be honest. It's a highlights reel. And we look in at their world and we go, oh, if only I had their house and their car and their boat and their wife, my life would be better. Come on. That's the reality. Trouble is, when we look at somebody else's over in their backyard, you know, you know they say the, the, the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. You know what makes grass grow quicker than anything else? Fertilizer. <laughs> so we're looking at their success, but we haven't seen their struggle. We, we don't know, what, we don't know the, the sleepless nights that they went through as they were crunching the numbers. We don't know the failures that they had before they saw success. We see the reaping, but we don't see the sowing. We don't see the financial investment. We see the fruit, but we don't see what it took to get the depth of the roots that will now produce the fruit. So come on, we can't look at somebody else's season and wish we were living their season. That's their season. That's their life. But I can embrace the season I'm in. Maybe you can identify. I remember primary school. Uh, Ian Walker was my hero. He was 12 years old. I couldn't wait to get to intermediate school. Got to intermediate school. Wow, college. Imagine going to high school. Looked up at the seventh formers and, man, if I could just be seventh form. And then I got to seventh form and it wasn't as great as I thought it would be. And then I'm like, wow, if I can just get some freedom, I'll, I'll get my license, get a car. It's like, yes, finally, some freedom. Until I look at the dashboard and go, what's that red light? And what does that E stand for? It's enough, right? Enough? Enough gas? Mom, Dad, look, it's got this light on it. What does that mean? It's like you're out of petrol. So what do we do? It's like, well, you fill it up. Cool, can you pay for that? No. Your car, your responsibility, you pay for it. Well, hold on, I've got all this, this freedom and independence, but I've got no money. So I'll go out and get a job. And then I go to university because I'm not earning enough money in the job I'm in because I want to go to that next level and get, get that better job and get better money. So I study, and I've got all this independence at university, but the ATM doesn't come with me. Mum and dad don't keep sending me checks and deposits into my bank account. And so then all of a sudden I'm, I'm earning money and it's like, yes, this is great. But now I've got this boss that I've got to work for. I want to be the boss. And so for 20 years I'm working as hard as I can and I get that promotion after promotion after promotion. Yes, I'm finally the boss. And then something goes down at the business and you go, man, somebody's got to sort that out. Who's going to sort that out? Oh, I am. Because I'm the boss. I don't want to be the boss anymore. And 65 years of your life has just gone by and you haven't enjoyed the one season that you should have enjoyed. Maybe this is ringing true for some. 
We're looking for another season. But God said, no, no, no. Embrace the season now. There's so much to be enjoyed. So much to be experienced right now. We miss the joy and experience of the season when we're looking into another one. But what we can do is we can choose to find contentment in the season we're in. I love this. Paul, one of the the apostles, reflects in his letter to the church of Philippi. This is what he says. He says, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I, I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And this is the verse that most of us young men have done before. We're in the gym. We want to bench that 120 kilos. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. It's not quite what that verse is meaning. I believe we could read this verse in the context of this message today that I can make it through every season. I can make it through the season I'm in right now. But there's two things, his strength and my contentment. So his strength will get me through the season if I would remain in this place of contentment. Otherwise, my frustration will be pulling me towards a season that I'm not supposed to walk into yet. There's got to be a contentment, an embracing of the season we're in. I preached this message. That, uh, this was the first message I ever preached. Not this one, but a, a message called, I'm calling the season beautiful. The very first message when we arrived uh, almost seven years ago. And we were in a, a challenging season. Um, I'd ruptured my Achilles tendon, and that was, just the, that was the better part of our situation. Yeah. Amy was pregnant with Zoe, seven and a half months pregnant, uh, being five months of insomnia, which just taken a massive toll on her mental health. We were in the process of bringing two churches together in Tauranga, kind of leaving one family or a couple of families to, to then kind of meet a new family. To be honest, we didn't want it. But I was so close to ringing Luke up at the time and saying, we can't do this, we're done. You know, give us, give us another role, work with kids or do music, whatever. But I just can't lead, we can't lead. And, and this, this, this passage in Ecclesiastes, it was like my anchor. Come on, you've got to get a word from God in your season now. If you don't have a word, you'll go back to your feelings and your emotions, and they don't serve us very well. <laughs> and this word was, it was just like, I am calling this moon boot, this ugly, horrible, bulky moon boot, I am calling this season beautiful. Some of us have to call this season beautiful. Ecclesiastes 3.11, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. The struggles, the trials, the problems, the valleys, the deep, darkest nights. God is even calling that beautiful. Everything, everything beautiful for its own time. I'm so glad that I embrace that season because who I am today is a massive part of me embracing that season. How I get to lead, how I get to serve, how I get to to connect and interact with people is because I grew during that season and one of the the hardest seasons in our life. So thankful that I embrace that season. And maybe in this difficult season you're in now, God's saying, embrace it. Embrace the season. Embrace the pain. Learn from the pain. Grow through the season. I believe there's some parents out there right now. 
sleepless nights, endless nappies. Come on, time to call that nappy beautiful. What a joy, what a privilege in this season to have children at such a young age that they, they depend on you. They need your love, they need your care, they need your nurture. Because they, they grow up. We don't have babies anymore. We've got a six-year-old who's got a mind of her own. Love it a bit. And I love the season that she's in. But I love the season with the nappies too. Man, we, I started the nappy 500. Like I'm embracing the season. Yeah, Indianapolis, yeah, Indy 500. It was the nappy 500. First to 500 nappies. I took Amy on. You know, you get one for a wee, two for a poo, three for the, mass, the nappy of mass destruction. You know, you know the one that... The head to tail, got a. She didn't even come close. I ate her up. It was, yeah, it was great. One, champion, champion of the nappies. Come on, you work. Otherwise, you go, wah, oh, it's another nappy. It's like, yes, they're eating and it's working. Yes, they must be growing. Come on, we've got to count. We've got to count the season as something that's beautiful. And then lastly, we've got to do the mahi in the season. Yeah? We've, got to, we've got, to, got to recognize the season we're in. We've got to embrace the season we're in. But we, we've also got to do the mahi. We've got to do the work in this season. Now, please hear me in this too. There's rest as well. Now, and I didn't say this in the first service, but I hope people understood it. I'm not saying we work to death. Because we work and we rest. And, and, and that's, that's what seasons are all about as well. Sometimes there is a season of rest. But when it's time to work, we work. Come on, we put our hand to the plow. We do whatever it takes in that season. As a young footballer, I just live for the game. I just I, Every chance I got, two, three hours, I'd, I'd be out the back juggling the football, taking as many touches. Dad put up a wall. I would just hit the ball up against that wall. Bang. I could hit that spot every time. Boom, boom. You know, the All Blacks would want you to believe that there's a magic drink that you just, you know, Tip it up about that high and squeeze it from about three and a half meters. And if you drink this drink, you'll become the greatest rugby player that's ever lived. But we all know that's not true. Might replace some electrolytes, maybe. But in reality, they're there because not of a sports drink, sports performance drink. They're there because of the hard work that they've put in. Come on, in your work, in your business, in your family, we've got to invest. As a team come this morning... Yeah, you know, we can look at it, our successful businesses and we want what they have, but we haven't seen the failure. We haven't seen the work that they've put in to get there. Proverbs 21.5, good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. If you don't do the work in the dark where no one sees, you'll have nothing out in the light where everybody sees. Some of us actually just have to dig down in the season. Go, this is hard. No one's seeing how much work I'm putting in. You might even have a boss that you don't think is seeing what you're doing. Trust me, they're seeing what you're doing. They're seeing the fruit of what you're doing. You're saying, I deserve more. Yeah, you probably do. But don't stop. Don't mention it. You let the Lord promote you. He does such a good job at that. When you faithfully serve somebody else and somebody else's vision, if there's a vision in you that's supposed to rise to the top, don't you worry. God's got that sorted. 
At the right time, He'll raise us up. And it's better to have a God appointment than a, than a man appointment. God will do that. But He just asks us to, to be faithful. Sometimes we need a wake-up call. Sometimes we need to realize that the problems we're facing, sometimes part of it is our fault. But maybe we just haven't done the work. Sometimes it's not our fault. And that's the reality of life. We're either coming out of a storm or in the middle of a storm or we're heading into one. That's life. But Jesus said, but take heart. I've overcome the world. You know, there's confidence and trust as, as Amy shared this morning. Rest in the fact that He will provide for us. So my question as we bring it to a close is what is the work your current season requires? What is it God's saying to you about your season right now? Whether it be in your work, in your relationships, your finances. Maybe actually this is a season in your finances where you have to just dig down deep. You just don't spend anything extra because you've got to get that savings away. And you'll be so thankful that you took that three months or six months or 12 months. Put that discipline on yourself so that you can get that freedom financially in the years to come. Proverbs 13, 4, lazy people want much but get little, but those who work hard will prosper. God will provide, yes, but he also gives us arms and legs and bodies and minds and brains to be able to do the work as well. God wants us to learn to do the work, go for character over comfort. I'm picking people on character. I don't care the charisma that people carry. You don't have to be flash and amazing. Man, if you've got character, you know how to work hard, you can be a part of my team. I want that. I want that attitude. I want that spirit in our young people. We've got to take responsibility for our own outcomes so that we can live an empowered life. The devil wants us not to do the work, wants us to give up, wants us to quit when our breakthrough is just around the corner. But the wisdom for today, do the mahi. Do the mahi. Do the work in this season. We've got to recognize the season we're in. We've got to embrace it. We've got to call this season beautiful. We've got to do the work. Do the work in the season. Could you close your eyes just for a moment? I, I just love to pray for anybody that in, in one of these three seasons, you've just recognized, hey, that's me. I've just, just, got to recognize the season. I've got to embrace the season. Or actually, I know there's some work I've got to do in the season. I want to pray for you if that's you. Would, would, would you just lift your hand and say, yeah, that's me. Anyone here this morning? One of those areas? Awesome. A few people there. Anyone else? Cool. I want to include you in this prayer. Father, thank you. Thank you that you've, you've your, your design and your desire for us right from the beginning was that we would work. That, that actually it's a joy, it's a privilege. Even before sin entered humanity, you gave Adam a responsibility to tend the gardens, to be a good steward of what you created. So God, we thank you for work. But Lord, I also recognize that we are in different seasons. And Lord, for those struggling to embrace the season they're in right now, God, I pray for your peace. Pray for courage. Pray for humility. To be able to say, you know, I'm just going to keep going. For those that need to embrace the season, Lord, maybe it's a season of pain. God, we don't want to embrace it because of the pain that we're feeling. God, I pray that even in the pain, you say that every season is beautiful. Lord, may we find the beauty even in the pain. You give us beauty for ashes. 
our ashes, the things that we think are dead and buried and gone, you declare beauty over our lives. For those that are, I just feel like there's some people that are in a a brokenness in their relationship. God's saying, I'm going to bring beauty out of those ashes. For those that just simply need to put their hand to the plow, do the work in the season. I, I just pray that there would be no more excuses that we wouldn't put those excuses out anymore. So I'm going to do whatever it takes to get the job done. God, I pray that, that that would rise up within us. In Jesus' name. I want to speak to one more group of people as I, as I close this morning. You might be here and in reality, you don't have a relationship with God. We've been talking about God and the seasons that we find ourselves in, but today... I want to tell you that your life isn't a mistake. You didn't arrive on this earth or some cosmic error. You're here because God created you. God created you in His image as a child of God. And today, God's drawn you here today. I don't know how you got here, what brought you here, but you're here for a reason. Because God wants to reveal His love to you. Was to say that you're valued, you're special. God places such a high price on your value. So much so that when we found ourselves in sin as humanity, with no answer, God said, I will pay the ultimate price for your freedom, for your forgiveness. And so he sent Jesus, his only son, to die on a cross, to, to die a death that we deserved so that we could have relationship with God forever. That gift of eternal life is for anyone, the Bible says. Anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. This morning, if that's you, you need to call on the name of the Lord. Say, Jesus, I need saving from my sin. I want to pray a prayer. And would you join me in praying that prayer and join others here today? Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus for dying on the cross for my sin. I know I've messed up. I'm wrong. God, please forgive me. I turn from my old way of living and I choose to follow you today. Thank you for your forgiveness. I receive it today. Help me to embrace the season I am in and put my trust in you. Jesus' name. Why don't you do one last thing for me? We want to celebrate this prayer, this decision you've made. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to just slip your hand up as a way of acknowledging, yes, I prayed that prayer. I know our team are going to spot your hand and going to help you take your next step. And if that's you today, saying yes to Jesus, I prayed that prayer, called on the name of Jesus. We've got a couple of girls down the front. That's amazing. That's so good. Amazing. They've even beat me to three. Come on, one. God loves you, two. He's got a plan and a purpose for your life. Three right now. Would you be brave and courageous and put your hand up? Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. That's so good. Amazing. Anyone else this morning saying yes to Jesus, surrendering your life, your heart to Him? Awesome. So good. So good. Up the back. Amazing. Amazing. Come on. Come on. Let's give God some praise in this place. We love you, God. Thank you for salvation in your house. 
It's your desire. It's our desire too, God, that we will be right with you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.